Warning, this show may be highly arousing and distracting. Listener discretion advised. Get ready to get titillated while being educated. Join the queen of fetish as I lead you into the world of sexuality while exploring outer limits of fetish, BDSM, and the sex trade industry. I'm your host, Wicked Ashlyn. This episode discusses topics of professional cuddling and cuddle parties, which may be sensitive for some listeners. Please be advised that discussions will include themes of physical touch and intimacy. All activities mentioned are consensual, occur between adults age 18 or older. This is a safe and judgment-free space. Have you ever craved a hug that lingers just a little too long? A touch that leaves you feeling safe and warm? We are wired for connection, for the intimacy of physical touch. But what happens when that's missing? Today on Wicked Ashton, we explore the world of professional cuddling with Felicity. We'll uncover why people seek this unique service and even dive into the social world of cuddle parties. Let's start with the main question. What is a professional cuddler? Hey, everybody. I'm Felicity, and I am a professional cuddler, which is a profession that most people don't know about, but it's an occupation in which um, money is exchanged for a... How do I phrase it? Like an intimate service. A majority of the time, it's hugging someone for an extended amount of time, but it is quite common for clients to also take the professional cuddler out to dinner or to lunch. And I've had clients take me to the movie theaters and we just, you know, drank our sodas and snuggled in there. Awesome. Now, what are your limitations as a cuddler? I've definitely created firmer boundaries the longer I've done this job. For example, in the beginning, I I would just ask, um, what is your username on a website? I, I wouldn't even like, I would ask for their phone number and that was pretty much it. But nowadays, I am very assertive in what I'm comfortable with and what I demand prior to meeting. For example, I mandate people give me their full name, their age, um, proof of COVID vaccination, and proof of occupation. Some people require that you send a photo of your face you know, without a hat or sunglasses. Um, I'm not that strict on a photo of someone's face. Um, I mainly want to make sure that people are at least 18 years of age, that they have a job so they can afford um, my service. And I want their full name because like, let's just say your name is John. With all due respect, I probably have like 10 other clients also named John. So I want to like remember the difference between all of the all, all the Johns and um, yeah, phone number. That's important because whilst I normally schedule the first cuddle appointment over email, once I meet someone and I feel comfortable with them, then every correspondence is through text. And during a session... Oh yeah, and I also require people send me a deposit beforehand. Um, 
Some professional cuddlers don't require that you send them money prior to meeting, but I have had so many people, like, I would literally show up, do the whole hour or two hours if that's what was decided on. And then at the very end, they'll say, you know what, I don't feel like paying you. And so that was devastating, especially when I would travel like over an hour just to see someone. And then towards the end, they're like, you know what, I just don't feel like paying you. And so I have a very, very um, strict rule about a deposit before I even, you know, book a reservation. And I am comfortable with going to people's homes. I'm comfortable with inviting people to a hotel that I reserve. I refuse to invite people into my home because that is, that's my sacred space. I, I will not like even section off a part of my house to use for business. I just, I just do not feel comfortable with giving anyone my home address. I can fully understand that. Now, how do you deal with a client that does not want to respect your consent or boundaries? Well, thankfully, that rarely happens. Um, And that is something I think that shocks a lot of people. I mean, yes, there's a lot of people out there who are malicious, but there's also a lot of people who are very respectful. And when someone does not want to respect me, I tell them straight up that what they're doing is not okay. And if they keep pushing, I'll I'll just never talk to them again. And um, I do have whisper networks with other professional cuddlers. And so we, we do try to warn each other and I don't get offended if another professional cuddler sees a client that I deemed to be disrespectful because, you know, what is tolerable to one person may be intolerable to another person. I learned very early on in my career that you cannot get everyone to agree on something. Yeah, like some people, they will see someone who has like a criminal history other people won't and it's not my job to manage another person's business it is my job to manage my snuggle business awesome i fully understand um a professional cuddler service is non-sexual contact yet it's classified as sex work why well a lot of people their knowledge on intimacy is well a lot of it is informed by the internet which I know it's so vast the internet is so vast there are so many good pockets of information on the internet but I would say it's it's easier to find bad advice on the internet than it is to find good advice. That doesn't just relate to intimacy. I think in general, the the internet has so much misinformation and there's very little fact checking. And like I said earlier, you cannot get everyone to agree on the same thing. So for something nebulous, such as is 
cuddling always a romantic thing? I mean, I would argue that it's objective, like, it's not always romantic, but there are some people who will say objectively cuddling is always something done between romantic partners. And I think that's why so many people are are misinformed because they simply do not know where to look for helpful guidance. And I certainly did not have resources or at least free resources when I started out in 2018 and I created my podcast Pro Cuddle Hustle podcast because I want there to be more free resources and I I can understand why some people choose to paywall their stuff. I have a Patreon for my um, podcast, so I understand why you need to paywall some things, but I personally think it's better to have more stuff free and few things paywalled than most things paywalled and few things free. Of course. And speaking of resources, now some people may not be able to afford a professional cuddler, is there something else that they could look for out there? It does. It does make me sad because the the um, other option, if you can't afford a professional cuddler, would be to go to a cuddle party. But I understand that those are also extremely hard to find. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, so there's there's a decent amount of cuddle parties that happen at least once a month. But, you know, that's probably not the same case for someone in Cheyenne, Wyoming or Billings, Montana. And yeah, the the um, I don't want to say recession in America because I would say even when the GDP is going up, there's still a lot of poor people in America. And it just, it breaks my heart that we live in an empire that prioritizes wealth hoarding and deprioritizes community. So if you can't get the physical touch the next best thing would be to connect with multiple communities in person. It's not the same as physical touch, but it is important that we stay connected to the people around us. I agree. That is a very important thing. Now, what can someone expect at a cuddle party? Because so many people are misinformed, they tend to conflate BDSM parties with sex parties with Um, cuddle parties and yes I love parties but um, cuddle party is actually a company that started in I think 2004 they trademarked it and so when you find a cuddle party (laughs) when you find a cuddle party normally they advertise online it has to be hosted by a certified facilitator, someone who paid a bunch of money to go through rigorous training from the company 
cuddle party, and I don't think cuddle party has any competition. Personally, I think competition can be good in many instances. I. I myself have never taken the facilitator training. I don't know any like cuddle party proctors who teach other people how to become facilitators.、Um, it's it's definitely not perfect, but I will say cuddle party does a very good job at teaching people consent and boundaries because. I have been to Consent 101 and Advanced Consent classes at BDSM dungeons, and it was just one person like lecturing people for like an hour straight. They didn't, you know, have us turn to the person to our left or to our right, and you know, practice these skills because these skills they're like a muscle. You have to exercise it. If you just Sit in a room while someone talks for an hour straight. You're probably not going to retain anything. So, with cuddle party, if you're at a cuddle party, you are required to show up on time. You cannot show up like two hours late. You will not be let in because the first 90 minutes of every cuddle party is the like consent crash course. You're taught. Stuff like, if you don't feel comfortable with something, you say no. You don't say maybe. We do not say maybe when we want to say no. We say exactly what we are feeling. And when you say yes to something you truly want to say no to, you are betraying yourself. And frankly, you are betraying the other people in the room as well because you're being dishonest with yourself and you're being dishonest with other people. And the whole point of cuddle party is that it's supposed to be a safe space where people can just talk about what they want to talk about. Some people go to cuddle parties and they don't even hug people; they just talk to like-minded folks and have a grand time. And then some people they'll like. Cuddle in groups. Some people cuddle one on one. Some people they'll just hold hands, and that's as much physical contact as they're willing to allow. And I, I think it's beautiful how every single time you have to be present for the consent training because I've been to. A lot of BDSM parties, and there's no requirement to take a consent 101 class, or I don't know, a rope bondage class prior. It's just you buy the entrance ticket, and then you're allowed entry. And if I were to run a dungeon, I personally would teach consent lessons at least. I would say at least once a week, not even once a month. And then every person who wants to go to like a sex party or swinger party, they are like required to have taken a consent class within recent history. So like not a year ago, not two years ago, not four years ago, but sometime recent. Because I think we all could use a refresher sometimes. It, like I said, it's a muscle. You have to exercise it because if you don't, you will lose that information, and your brain will replace that with other information. No, yeah, I, I agree with you. Consent is very important, and 
I didn't know BDSM dungeons did not teach consent. Um, have not been to one yet, but it is on my must-do list. So I think, you know, maybe finding, maybe opening, you know, if, how, how do I word this? The fact is maybe someone should open one in the future and actually have the consent to class. So that's a good idea if you ever think about it. Yeah, I think, because unlike what Cuddle Party does with their events, so I'm thinking maybe if I were to run my own BDSM events or my own sex events, that I implement the same rule where everyone has to show up on time because the first, I don't know, 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, something like that, is just about consent and getting along with other people. And then after that hour or hour and a half is over, then everyone can go go off and do their own fun things because I've... I mean, I've been to rope bondage events. Those things are like three hours long or longer. And you know, the first hour is just the teacher teaching us safety. Like we're not even practicing the rope ties yet. The first hour is just the teacher teaching us safety. And then after that hour, the teacher is like, okay, let's practice it. Like I will do it again, but I'll do it slowly and I'll guide you through every step. And then the final hour of the rope bondage class is just everyone doing it on, you know, at their own pace. Okay. That's interesting. Now, I did go look at the Cuddle website as you were speaking because um, I was just, I see that they do have events on there. So that is one way for people to find out about Cuddle Parties. But how can our listeners find professional colors like you? Or is there also another way they can find out about Cuddle Parties besides that website? If you want to find out about Cuddle Parties, honestly, a lot of them... A lot of the, I would say, the facilitators have their own Facebook pages and their Facebook groups. So some of the Facebook groups are completely public. You can just read every status update without joining. But I would recommend that you join. And so you don't miss any notification. And um, cuddle parties maybe are advertised on Instagram. I feel like Instagram is better for finding individual professional cuddlers than finding cuddle parties and um besides instagram uh there are some professional cuddlers on tiktok on twitter on youtube but they're few and far between majority of the time if you want a pro cuddler you need to use a cuddle website now unfortunately a lot of them went under in 2020 and some of them i mean they still exist but i mean people rarely join the website so unfortunately there aren't that many online directories that are active and don't fret because there are some very seasoned professional cuddlers with their own official website. Like, they'll use cuddle websites every now and then, but they mainly want people to visit their official, like, domain website. And I understand that there is a barrier. Like, it costs a thousand dollars to start your own website. And 
I mean, I've paid people to create websites for me, so that's what I paid. And then there's site maintenance. For example, I think Squarespace is 18 bucks a month. And, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us don't have that kind of money. I was 19 when I started Cuddle Therapy. I did not have the disposable income to create my own domain website. I was completely reliant on Cuddle Comfort. And I am grateful that a lot of Cuddle websites are international. So they have people in the United States and in Sweden and in South Africa and in Australia. And it's all fun and dandy, but um, it's very hard for people to find Cuddle agencies within their own area. Like there's this one agency, I used to work for them, um, in that is local to the Bay Area, but honestly, I find it harder to locate like region specific agencies than it is to find cuddle websites that are just like worldwide all across the board. And I think a part of that is people don't even know that snuggle agencies exist. I mean, I found a snuggle agency in South Africa and let me tell you, the cuddle industry is not that prominent in Africa. Um, I found a cuddle agency in Hawaii and the cuddle industry barely exists in the Pacific. And so even if you're in an, not even an area, in a continent that doesn't have a huge, you know, cuddle industry presence, there's, I mean, there's still a chance that you might find a professional cuddler. They'll probably be in a major city though. And if you find an agency, if you find a professional cuddler, if you find a cuddle party near you, I say, I say go, go for it. Do not wait until the agency shuts down. Do not wait until the professional cuddler moves halfway across the world. You don't know how long someone will be in business or if they'll or if they'll take their business to the other, you know, hemisphere of the planet, because people do move a lot. Awesome. Now, I do have to ask this question because Damien is working on a special podcast. So he's putting me up to asking all everyone. Has sex ever sent you or a client to the ER? I've seen YouTube videos about that TV show, but I never saw that TV show myself. Um <laughs> That's exactly why he's asking. Well, <laughs> thank goodness I have never been sent to the ER because I had sexual intercourse. I do have a disability called food-dependent exercise-induced anaphylaxis. I've talked about it on Medium. Um, and basically that means I could break out into hives if I exercise shortly after eating certain foods that I'm allergic to. And so... I exercise like five days a week and there have been times where I would do my workout and it's like too shortly after I ate a loaf of bread and so I'm breaking out into hives and I have to go home but I have to make up some kind of excuse to the instructor like I don't know uh, 
I'm having a herpes outbreak. I need to go home. I, I never tell the truth because most people have never heard of food-dependent exercise-induced anaphylaxis. And um, not to brag, uh, I've had a lot of sex in my adult <laughs> life and I miraculously have never had an anaphylactic reaction during intercourse. Well, knock on wood after that. Knock on wood. <laughs> I've actually never heard of that. So I, I learned something new today and I'm sure my listeners did too. So is there anything else you would like the listeners to know about professional cuddlers? Something that we may have not talked about yet. Thankfully, I don't get this question often, but it is very rude to ask a professional cuddler. So what's your real job? I mean... A lot of the internet portrays mm. um, professional cuddling as like a side gig. It's not something someone can do as their main source of income. When I am living proof that professional cuddling can be someone's main source of income. And and they think that you have to have like a hundred clients a month or I don't know, 200 clients a month in order to have that be viable. And I mean, my business strategy is that I charge a lot for one hour. That way I, I can have only two regulars and that's enough to sustain me. When I was charging very, very little, I had to see, you know, five new people every single week just so I could afford to take the subway and to take the bus. And I, I'm very blessed now that I have so many different business ventures. Like I'm a filmmaker. I coordinate dance productions. I, you know, run fundraisers. I, I'm a writer. I have my own podcast. I, I'm doing so many artistic things and professional cuddling funds that. That is my main job. That is my real job. I, I love doing sex work, but it is hard on the body, whereas professional cuddling, it's something I can be doing when I'm 90. And I mean, yes, in theory, you can also do sex work when you're 90. Um, and I just <laughs> find it laughable when people make comments like, well, it's cute that you're doing this, but you can't do this forever. And I'm like, there are so many professional cuddlers who are older than me. It is extremely rare to find pro cuddlers who are younger than me. And, you know, I interview other providers on my podcast. And for example, one of them said that since she is over 45, when, you know, clients younger than her cuddle her, they... I mean, they feel like a part of them is healing, like a part of them that was wounded long ago is healing because their parents probably didn't hug them enough when they were growing up or they are unable to hug their parents now because they're deceased or something. And so like hugging her is the closest thing they can, they, they can get to hugging their grandmother or to hugging their mother. And I mean, that, that makes me sad because I don't want people to have rough childhoods, but I mean, there's over 8 billion mm -hmm. people on the planet. It, it's kind of inevitable that some of us are going to have um, 
very absent parents. And whilst professional cuddling is not a replacement for therapy, um, it is very therapeutic. I literally say that at the beginning of every single episode of my podcast because when you go to a professional cuddler for the right reasons, it can be very therapeutic. Now here's a very important question. How can our listeners find out more about you and the services that you have to offer? I have a website, ProCuddleHustle.com. I have a podcast, ProCuddleHustle Podcast. I am absolutely swamped right now with event planning because as we as we record this, my debut event is this Saturday, so wish me luck on my debut show. And But after that show is over, I am going to end my podcast hiatus. I will resume editing all my raw, unedited audio files. I will start taking new people to interview for my show. And if you are a professional cuddler and you would like to be on Pro Cuddle Hustle podcast, please email me. I have interviewed people from Canada, from Australia, from the United States, and I will interview you if you're from those countries, but I would love to cast a wider net and get to know people from more regions of the world. I do write a lot about sex work on Medium, and I write about professional cuddling quite often on Substack. I mean, they're kind of... I like to... (laughs) I like to put my eggs in various baskets, as you can tell. And so I have a Patreon. That's where you can read a lot of my writing before the rest of the world. I also upload podcast episodes there before the rest of the world but if you cannot support me on patreon you can listen to my podcast wherever you get your podcasts on good pods on apple podcasts uh, spotify deezer stitcher like all if there's a place that has podcasts that i am not on please let me know and i will find a way to put it there because I try to be as I try to be as ambitious as possible and oh yeah I'm on YouTube I haven't been working on films lately but that might change towards the end of the year because I just have a lot of ideas I have so many ideas for film and I I'm very excited for what the future has in store. Well, I'm very excited for you and definitely good luck at your debut. And um, definitely get in touch with Damien after the after the show or whenever you have free time and he'll be, he'll definitely advertise your podcast and your website. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely going to start listening to it. Okay. Please listen to the newer episodes first. I started the podcast when I was 20. I am 25 now. So when you listen to the 2019 stuff, that person 
she's still technically me, but <laughs> you know, with only two years or like one year of experience in professional cuddling, I've grown so so much since then. When I started the podcast, I was terrified of interviewing other people, but now I'm like, I got this. I can interview other people. I think I'm good at it. Well, if you are unsure about being on a certain site to broadcast your podcast, also ask Damien because he gets mine up everywhere. So I don't think there's one site that we've missed. Um, so we've only scratched the surface on professional cuddling and the power of touch. If this piques your interest, don't be afraid to learn more. There might be a professional cuddler in your area or perhaps even a cuddle party to check out. And hey, Start giving out some more hugs to those you care about. You never know whose day you might bright. Once again, I want to thank Felicity for being on the show. And of course, if there's anything else you want to say, go ahead, please. I don't know when this episode will be released, but if it's somehow before this Saturday, please go to my debut variety show and fundraiser. It's going to be from 8 p.m. to 9.30 p.m in Berkeley, California at Flux Vertical Theater. The debut show is called XOXO because, you know, we're in the spirit of February and love and hugs and kisses. And there's going to there's going to be so many talented performers from all over Northern California. We got a burlesque performer from Sacramento. We got a, a jazz singer from San Francisco. We got we got some pole dancers from Stockton. Like, it really is a labor of love. And, you know, there's a raffle at the variety show. So you're not only entertained, but you can also win cool prizes. Like, you could win some stuffed animals. You can win a tattoo voucher. You can win a three-class pack to a dance academy. It's going to be so much fun. And there's going to be a full bar and you're gonna have to get a designated driver if you <laughs> choose to drink and you know it's wheelchair accessible the bathrooms are gender neutral i'm going to hire an asl interpreter for the show oh yeah there's also going to be spoken poetry i could i could go on and on about the variety show but chances are this is going to be uploaded after February 24th. So if you're listening after that day, sorry you missed it, but I'm probably going to upload a lot of photos from that show to my dance production Instagram and my Facebook. Well, definitely not going to miss it if you want to have a chance to go because I'll talk to Damien and have it uploaded this Friday. Oh, okay. Well, my company is called Pole and Aerial Productions. Awesome. Yes, I will definitely have Damien get it uploaded by Friday. And um, hopefully you'll see people. I'll advertise it on my podcast Twitter and also my personal Wicked Ashland Twitter. Oh my gosh, thank you. You're welcome. And before we go, if you'd like to learn more about me or my podcast, please visit wickedashland.com. There you can find the kinks and fetishes I support, how to call me, the games we can play together, and my favorite part, the ways you can spoil me. And if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, keep wicked, and make sure you show up to her event.